0: Today's program was brought to you by MailChimp. More than 6 million people use MailChimp to design and send email marketing campaigns. MailChimp's new automation features make it easy to provide timely, relevant information to your customers and prospects. Learn more at MailChimp.com automation. I'm Erica
1: Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. and welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today we're coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to After the Jump live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes anytime. After a much-needed summer break, I am so excited to be back at the station and gearing up for the fall. I love the renewed sense of energy and excitement that comes with a fresh fall season. People seem to be ready to tackle everything head-on and ready to weather the ups and the downs of starting new projects at work. In the creative community and in pretty much every other community, every new project these days seems to have an online component. Whether you're launching a new web shop or putting a new cookbook out into the world, you're going to need to announce, promote and communicate through all of the digital channels we've grown to love from Instagram and Pinterest to online magazines, newspapers and even podcasts like this one. One of the topics I used to discuss the most with people in the creative community was promotion. But these days, it's more about handling the responses that come from promotion. And in an ideal world, those responses would be nothing but virtual high fives, cheers, and pats on the back. But in the real world, they're mixed. No matter who you are and where you live, if you have the courage to put something out into the world, people are going to disagree and have an opinion about it. And here's the thing. Your voice and your project deserve to be a part of the chorus of voices that exist online. Letting your voice be silenced by a few bad apples is a sad thing, and something that can and should be prevented. So, for today's show, I'm tackling a topic that can be somewhat scary. How to handle negativity online. Whether you're being brought down by negative comments on your blog are bummed out by less-than-kind feedback on your Twitter feed, negativity in the internet seem to go hand-in-hand. Hand. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. The internet is a place where people can comment and critique without having to use their real name or say anything to someone's face. And after 10 years of dealing with a wide range of insults, ranging from comments on my appearance to my worth as a human being, I feel well-versed in the types of negativity that happen online. Most of us spend some of our at least younger formative years being exposed to the sort of ridicule and bullying that's now commonplace online. So you'd think we'd be more used to it by now, or at least somehow conditioned to handle it better. But things are different this time. Rather than being poked at or made fun of because of our hair or our clothes, although that's going to happen too we're being jibed at because of something that's directly tied to the things that matter most to us, like our voices or our passionate projects and even our friends and colleagues. So accepting that sort of very personal criticism tied to something that you can and do control is a much harder pill to swallow. So before we dive into dealing with this sort of issue, I want us all to give ourselves a little break and then remember that it's totally normal to be upset or even hurt when someone criticizes something that we do or something that we love. That emotional reaction can be minimized and handled more easily over time and with more experience, but it's not something that's easy to rid yourself of completely. So don't feel bad if you feel bad, because we all do. It's a totally normal response to someone saying something that might hurt your feelings. So how do you build a thicker skin and handle negativity online? For me, it all boils down to two things, compassion and building a system you can rely on. Compassion is important because if you can't connect with the people leaving these comments and find some commonality there, you will never be able to let things go. I find that the more time I put into trying to understand where someone is coming from, the easier it is to shrug off something that may have been said in anger, fear, or is coming from a place of insecurity that has very little to do with you. Having a system in place to deal with the negativity is crucial as well, because no matter how well you train yourself to emotionally handle negativity, it'll be hard not to crack if you don't have an easy set of steps that become like clockwork to follow. Those steps allow negativity to feel like any other work process you handle, and then they take some of the sting out and help you build up a thicker skin when it comes to handling issues like this. So how do you build both compassion and a plan? I'm going to walk you through that system that has been working for me for the last decade, because no matter how good you're doing, someone will think that you could be doing it better, doing it more, or doing it with a totally different outfit that would make you look way less stumpy. So let's talk about compassion. I want to start with the definition of compassion. Compassion is an emotion that's a sense of shared suffering, most often combined with a desire to alleviate or reduce the suffering of another or to show special kindness to those who suffer. When I talk to people who are struggling with dealing with negativity online, the first thing people ask me is, why on earth should I care where this person is coming from and how they feel? They made me feel awful. And that's a pretty normal response. If someone logs on to say that a new dish at your restaurant tastes like cardboard, or that your new painting is something their five-year-old could have done, it's not necessarily your natural inclination to wonder what might have made them leave a comment like that. But If you start to try to build that step into your process, it can make a huge difference. 95% of the time, someone is leaving a rude, judgmental, or downright mean comment. It has very little to do with you. I've actually met and talked to some of my most legendary online dissenters in person and found that they're actually totally normal people who, for one reason or another, started to view me as a representation of some other issue in their life. For some people, I represented a younger person taking a job they wanted or someone they assumed was entitled and making more money than they were. But when you scratch the surface a little bit, the focus almost always has to do very little with you and more to do with the struggle they're facing or something that makes them feel insecure. That moment of compassion, of realizing that someone else could be having a bad day or feeling the need to lash out at someone else after they were lashed out at, is a moment that you can save yourself a world of hurt feelings and a lot of wasted time. You won't be able to talk to to most of your online dissenters in person, but you will be able to take an extra moment to think about what might be behind their comment. That extra 30 seconds of just wondering, just thinking for a second what they might be going through to make them leave something like that, that's the first step in understanding where someone is coming from. I'll give you a personal example. A few weeks ago, someone left a comment on my Design Sponge Facebook page that really hurt my feelings. It made me feel like they were questioning my intelligence, and that's always a really sore spot for me. So in my head, I took a second to imagine what my ideal version of this conversation would look like. That In my dream world, how would this all work out? In my head, it would end with that commenter apologizing for their word choice and their tone and clarifying whatever actual issue they had with what I said. In essence, I really wanted them to talk to me about what was bothering them rather than making personal jabs to make their point. So I wrote a response, and I wrote a response that spoke to that ideal version that I wanted. I acknowledged the issue I felt, and I acknowledged the underlying comment that I made that may have made them upset. And then I also added that I'd be happy to discuss their feelings on that and would welcome any further clarification. The response result wasn't ideal, but it led to more discussion and more clarification. And for me, that conversation and just the willingness to talk was proof that there was a real person behind this with real feelings and real thoughts, not some nameless internet troll trying to get me down. I still didn't feel great at the end of our exchange, so I decided to take a step further. And what I did was send a direct email that would make me feel better about ending that conversation on a high note rather than just seeing who could get the last word in. I found that person's homepage and sent them an email. And in that email, I acknowledged that I respected them, their work, and their opinions. But I also acknowledged that when I read their comment, I felt as if my intelligence was being questioned and that my feelings were hurt. I said I wanted to end things on a positive note, so I would leave it up to them. And do you know what happened? I got the ideal response I had wanted in the first place. The commenter apologized for writing something that might've hurt my feelings and acknowledged their mutual respect. And we were able to walk away feeling like we each got to say our piece and stay respectful. But what do you do when things don't go well? when someone isn't interested in having a conversation and they don't want to be respectful? Well, this is when a system comes into play. I'm going to take a break, and then after the break, I'm going to walk through all the different steps I follow every single time something negative happens. I promise this is a system that will work for not just me, but for anybody listening. So stay tuned, and I'll be right back. (laughs)
0: episode of after the jump is supported by mailchimp more than 6 million people use mailchimp to design and send email marketing campaigns mailchimp's new automation features make it easy to provide timely relevant information to your customers and prospects instantly send welcome emails product recommendations special offers and more segmentation personalization automation all in one Learn more at MailChimp.com slash automation.
1: Hey, and welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney. And on today's show, I'm talking about how to deal with negativity online. Before the break, I was sharing my thoughts on how to find compassion for the people who leave negative comments on your website, your shop, or your social media page. The next step after finding some common ground and some empathy for the people leaving those comments in your life is to build a system for handling them, whether that's a response to the comment or a press of your delete key. The first thing I want to note before we get into this process is to think about something that's sort of about what you give is what you get. If you're dealing with a lot of negativity online, I think it's always a first step that's good to think about. So think about what you're putting out into the world. So many times when I get emails from people who are struggling with this issue and I go into their site and look at their comments, there's sort of a trend of negativity that's being put out. And I find that when you are putting out so much negativity, whether it's in the form of snark or sarcastic comments or just in general deciding it's funny to point out other things you don't like about people, you tend to get that response in return. So before we dive in, I just think it's good to think about that what you put out there is often what you get back. So if you feel like you're getting a lot of negativity and you can't understand why, take a quick second to just look over the last 10 things you've put out into the internet and look at your comments. Are they positive? Are they constructive? If so, then move on to the next step. But if not, it's good to think about how your behavior can affect what you get back from other people. So let's talk about the very first step. The first step for any plan of action when it comes to dealing with negative comments is to create a clear, easy-to-understand comment policy and post that on your site, preferably next to where people will actually be leaving comments. Now, you can't do this with social media yet. But you can do this with a website, you can do it with a Tumblr page, you can do it with a shop page, you can do it with your homepage for your business. So if you want to leave a comment that explains how you feel about moderating things or what conversation is allowed, that is a great way to get your point across. I find people often feel pressured to make their comment section some sort of model UN, which is governed by the idea that free speech trumps everything else. But something to keep in mind, whether you choose to act on it or not, is that your blog, your shop, or your page of any sort is just that. It's yours. No one has the right to tell you what you do or don't allow on your site. It is completely up to you to decide whether or not you allow negative comments or even moderate comments at all. You are well within your right as a website owner to moderate, but not modify, comments left on your blog. I've chosen personally to moderate comments over the past 10 years based on our current comment policy, which clearly prohibits comments that don't contribute constructively to a discussion at hand or seek to attack someone personally. But no matter what your policy is, most people agree that any policy in general is helpful because it gives your readers a guideline and sets the tone for your site's comment section. Now, one quick note. There are ups and downs to moderating. One of the ups is that your readers and the people you're talking about on your site feel safe to comment and know that they won't get bashed across the web without any defense. But one of the downs to moderating is that some readers feel that websites of any sort should allow any and all comments without any moderation. So you may lose or just hear from readers who feel that way. And as long as you're transparent about your policy, you're giving your readers a chance to make that choice themselves. If they're not comfortable with your comment policy, they don't have to participate in the conversation, or they don't have to visit the site at all. But giving them a clear guideline is something that lets them be in control of that decision. So let's break down dealing with individual comments. The first thing to do is objectively understand what the comment says, and then assess the commenter's behavior. Understanding both of those will help you learn to let comments roll off your back much more easily, and also learn when to step in and say something. Here's how I handle negative comments. The first step is assessment. Now, this is incredibly hard to do right off the bat because everyone takes comments personally. But most of the time, like I said before, these comments really don't have a lot to do with us. They tend to be about someone being upset about an object, a piece of art, a meal they had, and it can be tough not to take that personally if you're the person producing that thing. But the most important thing to do First is to distance yourself from that comment and try to assess whether it's really a personal attack, like it may feel, or just an attack or criticism of a thing. So the first thing to do is take a deep breath and step away. Never, ever, ever respond to an angry comment the second you read it. I've talked about this a lot on the site before, but in general, it takes about 90 seconds for an emotion to be processed by your brain. So if you feel angry and you feel upset and you're responding the first 10 seconds, you see something, you are responding completely from a place of emotion, whether it's anger or hurt or sadness. But if you give yourself even just two or three minutes to just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to let this anger wash over me, take a deep breath and then figure out what this person's actually saying versus what I feel like they're saying. Once you can see their comment clearly for what it is, you'll be better able to decide whether or not you want to let it go or hit delete. Now, one thing I do to actually do this step and make it real is I just grab a piece of paper or open up a little document or a notepad on my desktop and I'll copy down the comment and then I'll actually write down what I think they're saying. Now, if someone's just being a jerk and they're just saying, I hate you or I hate your site, there's nothing to really assess about that comment. But if someone leaves a really long comment where they're going into detail about things they don't like about you or the site or something else, this is a great place to go through and cut out any sentence that has nothing to do with a fact. If it's not something you can respond to that's actually a detail and not a personal attack, then there's no point getting into it. But if you can pull out a few things to respond to – then that's where your comment response should come from. The second you take time to respond to someone's emotional feelings, it's just not gonna go in a good direction. So make sure you're talking if you're responding to what the actual meat of their comment is. The next thing to do is assess the commenter's pattern. I find that understanding someone's commenting behavior is incredibly helpful. And most helpful is your best new friend, which is your blog's IP tool. Now, not every website has this, but if you do manage your own website, your own shop page, or your own blog, you can easily figure out what a commenter's IP is. That way you can see what else they've said on your blog. Perhaps they've been saying things under different names, or maybe they have a totally clear pattern of commenting in a certain style. When someone leaves a comment that bothers me, I almost always click on their IP address in our WordPress backend to see what else they've been saying. I typically see three different things, and here's how I handle them. The first is what I call a drop-by deadbeat. And if I see someone has never been to the site and has never, ever commented before, and all they have to say is something not nice, I tend to just let it go. Sometimes links to your site get out to audiences that just don't understand or appreciate the object or the niche that you cover, and they just don't like it. They rarely come back, and you'll notice that these people are the online equivalent to somebody just walking past you in a mall and rolling their eyes about something that you're wearing. Is it lame? Yes. Is it rude? Probably. But is it a big deal? For me, not so much. The second type of commentary I see a lot of is a serial negative Nancy, as I call them. These people really bug me, mostly because when I click their IP, I notice that all they ever say are things like, I hate this, or this is stupid, or I just have to get it off my chest and then go on to say something long and drawn out about how they hate me or the thing that I've written about. I always wonder why they feel the need to only say negative things. But at the end of the day, I remember that there are often people who feel negative about a lot of things in life. So personally, I just let it go and know that when they do leave a positive comment at some point, hopefully, I'll know that they really, really actually liked it. But mostly, I sort of shrug these off and I let them go and publish them as another example of someone who just doesn't have anything nice to say, ever. The other type of person leaving a comment is someone called a first-time caller. Now the one time I really get involved with a commenter and have a conversation with them and especially address their negative comment is if I click on their IP and see that they've had a history of leaving rational constructive comments. If this person has proven that he or she is mature and can handle comments constructively and then out of nowhere flies off the handle, I see that as a sign that I should pay some serious attention. I often email these people directly to discuss their outburst. It almost always leads to diffusing the situation and often learning something I could do better next time to avoid the issue again. These people are incredibly valuable learning tools and they are normally constructive. So if if they're normally constructive and then freak out, you may have a chance to get to know your commenter better or to learn something that you can do to improve your site. Now, note. A particularly harsh grammar comment one time was what actually inspired me to finally save up and hire a copy editor at Design Sponge. A reader totally lost it on me with a huge rant that totally shocked me, but led to a really great email exchange that convinced me that it was time to take that aspect of my site more seriously. But if that's not the type of comment you're getting, where someone isn't giving you something that's constructive, feel free to take the next step and either respond or delete. But in general, I think it's good to have a plan for what your response is rather than just automatically deleting or automatically responding. So now that you've assessed the comment and the commenter, you can choose whether or not you publish or delete that. This is obviously up to you, but I personally think that it's way more powerful and shows a lot of strength to let a negative comment about you, your blog, or your page stand as a sign that you're strong enough to handle it and let it roll off your back. That said, it is your site and you have the right to decide what you publish and don't publish. Here's a great example from the website Young House Love that I wanted to share. And if you're not familiar with Young House Love, they are a wildly popular design website that for some reason seems to irk people. And they have a lot of people who just want to hang out on the website um, Go Me, which I won't even draw all out because I don't think it's worth visiting. But they have a lot of people who just want to spend their time being mean to them. And they wrote a wonderful post back in 2012 about how they deal with this. So they started off their post by sharing some of the most common negative comments that they got. Some of which were, I'm losing interest in big projects. I want you to do more little ones. I'm tired of you doing big projects. The small ones are just filler. Stop using certain words because they make me cringe. Use those words more because I wish you said them more often. Move faster. I'm bored. Or move slower so I can catch up. And after listing these comments, they said, do you see all the contradictions going on in here? Basically, if we listened to every suggestion, we wouldn't have a thing to blog about. Not a single thing. So after 2,000 posts and over four years of them blogging, they decided that the folks that like things and people who don't like things would just have to figure out whether or not they wanted to run the site or whether or not they wanted to read the site, but that this was their site to run. So they decided to keep posting and to be themselves, and that's worked for them very, very well over the years. So I find when you're thinking about what to do about these comments, people feel that the third option they should take is to actually do what the person is asking or, in some cases, demanding. But that isn't something you actually have to do. You have the choice to either let this be something you learn from, let this be something that you get rid of, or let this be something that you just let sit there and stand. When it comes to social media, I find this is something that is worth just letting stand most of the time, unless someone's saying something that's truly offensive and inappropriate. Because in social media, you don't have the legacy or the the option to uh, I'm sorry, the luxury or the option to really be able to follow someone's IP, figure out who they are, and how they're talking. But you do often have the option to click on someone's name or handle and see how they talk. And this exact same process applies in the same way. If somebody's got a Twitter feed where all they do is point out things they hate, talk about people they think are terrible, and things that are wrong with everybody else, that's a negative Nancy. That's somebody that just kind of comes along to say things like that, and that's their M.O. But if it's somebody that seems like they normally leave really nice and positive and friendly comments on other people's sites or other people's you know, Instagram pages, for example, then maybe you can have a conversation with them. Maybe you can send them a direct message or maybe you can follow up and find their homepage to send them an email. A lot of times if someone is being totally normal and then says something totally out of their particular way of talking, it's a great example that you should touch base with them, figure out what's going on and see what you can learn from it. Dealing with negativity online is just no fun. But with experience and a non-emotional system to follow up to help you deal with it, it can become a lot less painful to deal with. And in some cases, it can really teach you a lot about yourself and what you might be able to improve or learn about the way you run your business. The key is to remember that most comments are left by very real people who have very real feelings and insecurities. All of us have bad days, and most comments are the results of things that have little to do with us and much more to do with what's going on in someone else's life. I hope that these ideas will help you turn what may feel like a huge blow-up into smaller hiccups that are easier to handle and laugh off. And if not, feel free to leave me an angry comment. I promise I'll take your day into consideration and try to learn something from it and find a little bit of common ground. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned next week when I'll have illustrator Lisa Condon in the station to talk about her latest book. And until then, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.